Welcome to Future Economies Start With Youth, the podcast. My name is Kevin Eustacia, and today we're going to unpack the concept of youth engagement and why it is indispensable for tackling the problem of youth employment. Today I have two very special women with me, Shiny Tai, who will guide us through what meaningful youth participation entails, and also Lisette Westerheis, who will outline how organizations can create a competitive advantage through directly engaging with youth. Thank you so much for being here with me, Lisette and, and Shiny. It seems that youth engagement is a, is a very attracting, attractive topic these days, both in the private sector and also the public sector. Um, why is meaningful youth participation actually um, essential and what does it look like in practice? Well, thanks for having us, Kevin. It's good to be here. Um, so really, the term meaningful youth participation or meaningful youth engagement, let's say, interchangeable terms, I think, um, can be approached in, in many different ways, um, which also can make it quite challenging then to know how to approach it. Um, so really, from my perspective, um, it's this idea of nothing for youth without youth. So for youth, by youth, with youth. Uh, this is a phrase we use all the time. And really what that means is not actually just um, inviting youth to the table, um, but actually allowing them to have active participation at the table. And when I say at the table, um, I mean um, on issues that affect their lives. Um, so it's about being able to be part of active decision making on these issues. Um, so often we can see kind of, yes, the invitation uh, to be at the table, but not actually, for example, being given uh, the right information, um, the right uh, invite. And what I mean by that is kind of enough time to actually be part of these conversations. Um, yeah, being given the right, the right skills, kind of being given the right support to have active participation in these discussions. Um, so I think what would be interesting is if I could ask you what you feel, um, or maybe a really real-life example of um, when you've experienced meaningful participation or when someone's really meaningfully engaged you in a process. Yeah, definitely. So throughout my, my long career, I've experienced a lot of youth participation that has unfortunately not been meaningful. But um, ever since I started as um, a member of the Youth Advisory Committee of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, I realized that um, youth participation can be really meaningful and uh, um, people just have to open up and open the door for young people. So I feel like, as you said, having a seat at the table and not just being there, but also having access to decision making, having access to the right information and having access to be part of the team. And I think that is what makes um, meaningful, youth, meaningful youth participation um, essential. And that's what I've been experiencing lately. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, I think um, if we're looking at youth, youth participation really practically, I suppose, for those that are, that are new to the concept and we're talking kind of very high level and lots of terminology, but really practically what that might mean, um, I suppose, is youth participation could be in the terms of a focus group. It could be uh, having uh, youth champions that represent the voice of other youth. Um, it could be having a, a round table where youth are invited to speak about an issue, um, to be listened to. Um, it might be, um, for example, having yeah, a youth advisory board. But again, uh, we're talking about this extra layer, if we add the meaningful on then, we're saying you know, that 
these youth that, that are invited to a focus group, they actually know why they're being invited. They know um, the information, the background to the program, perhaps. Um, they know where their voice, their input from that focus group will actually go, and they hear what happens with it afterwards. Yes. And, um, and also that it's not just that one-off engagement. You know, They'll be invited back uh, for, for other opportunities. Um, and, and they'll be like a you know, key stakeholder going forward because they've invested time um, in, well, I, yeah, in trying to, uh, to voice, um, represent the voice of other youth. Okay, nice. I hear that meaningful is the, is the key word here. And we've also asked some of the Challenge Fund for Youth Employment Youth Champions, um, Shafiq Mutegule and Faith Akoya, what meaningful youth participation means to them. Let's take a look at their responses. Most of our young people do not get the opportunity to voice their concern. Youth voice is, is a fundamental right. The UN Declaration of Human Rights clearly recognizes that a young person has a right to, to say what they feel, to voice out their opinions. Youth inclusion in global programs and different interventions has always been a challenge. We've seen programs which just come up without involving the direct beneficiaries. But in instances where the youth are involved, especially at the designing program, the young people are able to voice out and bring in their ideas of the real aspect, the real issue, emerging issue that is happening so that it is addressed. Okay, we've heard many compelling reasons from young people and also yourself on why meaningful youth participation is essential. So what makes it so hard for meaningful youth participation to be implemented? Why are young people not um, engaged and put to the center of decision making of decisions that directly affects their lives? Yeah, I suppose. Um, well, first, it's great to hear from our from our youth champions. Um, yeah, they've really been on a journey with us in terms of trying to embed meaningful youth participation into development programs, uh, which actually, sadly, we still see many development programs um, designing based on assumptions of what youth would uh, need and want, um, which, yeah, really has an overall negative impact on the sustainability of the program um, in terms of the, the positive impact it should be having on the, the, the beneficiaries, I suppose, if we wanted to call them the primary actors that are benefiting from the program. Um, um, sorry, can you um, recap on your question? Oh, why is yeah. it so difficult? Yeah, why is it so yes, difficult? Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, various different reasons. Again, I suppose, like I mentioned before, um, meaningful youth participation is not always understood um, um, by different, yeah, different stakeholders and it's approached in so many different ways. So often it can be a little bit inaccessible because it's this huge topic and they don't know kind of practically where to start and which angle to go in from, how to approach it. Um, but then also I would say definitely within uh, cultures, um, many, many cultures all over the world, um, youth are still viewed by, let's say, adults um, as perhaps lacking the skills that are needed to have an active seat at the table, lacking the knowledge, um, yeah, this inexperience, lack of motivation. Young people are often uh, told that they, they um, are not committed. 
Um, so I think it's um, negative perceptions of young people uh, is still really embedded. However much we are um, yeah, living in a, a technology age where we can see the incredible things young people are doing online, uh, the impact they're making around the world, I think um, yeah, adults, older people, um, are still viewing youth as um, a different group that don't have the right, right uh, skill set and knowledge to, to sit at the table with them. Yeah, definitely. And you also mentioned the benefit. I think what you mean is also the win-win scenario for both of the, of the parties, the youth and also the businesses. Definitely. And um, having worked with um, young people yourself, and what benefits do you see that meaningful engagement brings to the um, personal development from, from the young people? Yeah, to just touch first on this win-win situation, that, that is a, a great point, is, um, yeah, I suppose, um, <laughs> sadly, both, both parties need to see the benefit for themselves of, um, you know, investing uh, a, uh, more time, more energy, more money, for example, in really embedding youth in decision-making processes, in designing programs, for example, it, it uh, does take a different approach uh, because you are working with, um, yeah, different skill sets, uh, diverse groups. Um, so you do have to take more time, money, money, energy, investment um, in doing that. Um, so it really has to have a win-win for both sides there. Um, so the benefit, I would say, to personal professional development of young people um, yeah, multiple things. So um, it's it's empowerment. Uh, a young person that's really meaningfully engaged doesn't feel like they are the tokenistic youth in in that uh, in that conversation, which Definitely. I'm sure you felt yourself. Uh, I certainly have. Um, it's about feeling as if they are a an equal stakeholder, an equal player in a discussion. Uh, they're bringing a perspective, as is somebody else at the table and somebody else, and bringing different skills. And yeah, youth are not one homogenous group. So again, they're also bringing their own uh, their own skill sets. So empowerment. Um, and then I would say, um, yeah, uh, capacity building is a really important part of being meaningfully engaged. Um, it's not assuming, and, and this also goes not just for young people, but it's not assuming that they have the right skills or the right knowledge, the right information uh, to actively take part. So don't assume that when you invite a young person to the table. Um, it's also about, um, I think, linking young people uh, to other young people. So this peer-to-peer -peer is really important. Um, it links to empowerment again, but um, if you're in a space with other young people that are also empowered, you are going to start to, um, yeah, feel this network of support um, and feel that you can come to these uh, spaces with, with, let's say, adults or... Um, yeah, so I'd say there's there's multiple benefits uh, for young people's personal professional development. Okay, and nice. sometimes just, sorry, one more, yeah. <laughs> super passionate about this, is um, also um, I think sometimes you just have to unpeel this uh, idea that it's really scary to be part of conversations that are perhaps for companies, for adults, for big global programs uh, that youth do bring really important perspectives. Yeah, definitely. And Lisette, if we look at the when we look at the win-win scenario from a company's perspective, um, how can engaging young people bring a competitive advantage to companies, and why should companies engage youth? Yeah, very nice question. I think, um, well, first of all, it's not just a nice thing to do or the right thing to do. It has really like a win-win kind of case for doing so. I mean, the countries where we look at, or not the countries only, but like the continents, like the African continent, the Middle East, 
youth are the biggest part of the population and that is only growing. So it's not a matter of like, oh, it's a right thing to engage a young people only for that person. It's really win-win because ultimately, if you want to create that competitive adv- advantage, it's about intentionally looking at the group, understanding them and then figuring out how can I bring the best out of this group in my company? What do I have to adapt? What have I been doing for 10 years or 20 years? And if I want to bring the best out of this specific group, what can I adapt in order to, you know, make sure that, yeah, I run a profitable business, but yeah, through making sure that, that you know, yeah, really creating that win-win, um, yeah, bringing the skills out. And often what we say when we talk to companies, it's, we talk about, you know, we explore with them, would you be interested in kind of boosting your youth-centered thinking or your youth-centered design of how you run your business? Um, and that really goes beyond like working with youth by default. Often we hear, oh, by default of our business model, we work with young people. And that is great because we want young people to, you know, get into opportunities. Like we said, they are the current, like they are the, the current and the future. Um, but it's also, yeah, really um, like intentionally reaching out, like Shiny mentioned, like intentionally setting up sessions to discuss things with you, intentionally like visiting, intentionally interacting, intentionally like, yeah, thinking about the group and, and, and setting up those, those, um, those interactions. Um, so yeah, that, so being youth-centered all in all goes beyond working with youth by, by default. And also the adaptations that companies can make once they have gathered these insights, they can be large and small. I mean, yes, it can mean that, you know, in order to bring out the best in this group, you may have to change your entire business model. But sometimes it's about small adaptations. For example, companies that we work with, they've been training their staff like through paper-based approaches. But actually this young group, they have been like dropping out, you know, people disappear during the training and the company asks themselves, why does it happen? When they start introducing like app-based training and then app-based follow-up, all of a sudden there was much more interest. So yes, you have to invest in it as a company, one, to understand it, two, to, to change it, to adapt to adapt how you, you run a business. Um, but then you can really bring in that new group and they can do much better for themselves and for you as a company. Um, and I think also ultimately, like I said in the beginning, it's not just a nice thing to do or the right thing to do. It's really essential for business survival because if you do not understand this group, it's gonna really increase your cost. Like, you know, it's very costly to lose the right people in your organization. It's very costly. You don't want to be recruiting all the time. You don't want to, you know, trying to retain and then lose people after all. A high turnover is very costly for 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 companies. So yeah, all in all, um, it's really essential to do that intentional investment in understanding this group asking yourself with those insights that I've gathered, what are the adaptations that I have to make in my business model, in my business operations? Um, yeah, to create that win-win scenario. Young people can do the best that they can and it's also, yeah, making sure that I continue to run a profitable, viable um, business. We did some uh, research with young people in Uganda, Ethiopia and Nigeria to understand I mean, it was based around uh, decency of employment, accessibility of employment. But what really came out is, um, yeah, what what makes a, a decent employment situation or environment. And um, it was very much about around their having the spaces to have their voice heard, but then also valued. 
So, you know, what they say, what, what they're saying are challenges within the company or ideas to actually make the company more innovative or to grow um, are actually being taken on board and respected by, by management. And, you know, having management, a uh, youth in management, um, not just equating age to, to skill or knowledge, for example. Um, and, uh, and also, yeah, this idea that um, a, a young person is bringing something specific to, um, uh, to the company. So it should be, um, yeah, recognized, I suppose, and valued, um, not just that, that longer, older, longer term employee. Okay, definitely. And you said you mentioned business survival and um, all these opportunities for competitive advantages. But then the question is, why is youth participation not a top priority for these companies if there's so much to gain? Yeah, interesting question. Um, I think uh, maybe it's not so much that it's not a priority. I think it's really like a, it's more about like how do we approach this. So I think building on what Shiny just said, um, often what we hear again, like interacting um, with different companies, is they say like the aspirations of young people, the things that they aspire to, and the reality of you know how long it will will take to to reach there. You know, it can kind of sometimes scare companies so when they do engage they hear a lot of things and there's a lot of things that yeah it, you know aspirations versus reality but it doesn't mean that you like have to you know as a company like meet all of those aspirations straight away it's about understanding each other it's about understanding the different perspectives like as a company how do we stay profitable as a young person what am i aspiring to and where do i want to go and then kind of jointly figuring out through interactions through sessions through discussions through you know being really part of part and parcel of a company operation figuring out like how can we bring that um how can we bring that together um, and for us as a team, what we've been the conversations that we've been having with companies about how do you, um, yeah, become more youth centered? How do you um, become more intentional in in meaningful youth engagement? Is um, around what we call a, a youth decent work journey. So we really challenge companies to kind of look at a, a journey of a young person in their company. Um, and it basically starts with the intention of companies to hire youth and young women specifically. There has to be a certain um, yeah, the, you know, there has, there has to be that intention, like I want to bring, you know, young people into my business operations for different reasons. Um, and then what the conversations that we often have is, okay, start with that engagement, start with really understanding them, don't make assumptions about what they are aspiring to in life, or what they need, don't make assumptions about maybe barriers that they're facing, uh, or challenges that are there. So but really, like, you know, go for that interaction. Um, and yeah, once that is much more clear, then we talk about, you know, we, we try and break the journey down with the, with the companies that we work with. So really zooming into how do you attract youth and young women specifically? Can you be more like youth centered in what you do in those different stages? Can you be more like, for example, use role modeling in your marketing? Um, can you build in like, you know, culturally sensitive practices when you do community outreach? Like we work with really different companies working in urban areas, rural areas, community level, different. But yeah, so role modeling, for example, can you build that in to show women, for example, like from the right onset as a company, when you start, you know, attracting a new wor uh, workforce, can you show that young women can actually do this job? Um, and um, yeah, from that, we, we, then we take companies to a next stage. So how do you select your young people? How do you select your young women? Are your practices actually set up to 
to make sure that they can be successful? Are you being youth inclusive? Do you have young people like in your panel? Do you have young women in your panel? Is it accessible for young people? Sometimes it's like a huge barrier to even come to an interview, right? You have to travel. There's cost involved. Maybe you have your family already. You have to leave your child behind. Like companies sometimes don't, you know, like, like if you really want the right talent, it's about looking on the young person side and on your own side like do i give you know a young person a fair opportunity to to bring in that person and you want the best like the best talent right as a company so it's about intentionally thinking about that um, and then kind of the last stage in the journey that we look at uh, with our companies about how do you retain young people and i think that is a major question and a huge field where yeah there's so much like meaningful i think meaningful um, youth engagement especially in retainment is yeah just a really really important topic and we've seen several examples of companies who do this really well so it can be done right it's not like uh, it's impossible it can be done like what shiny was saying we've seen companies introducing peer networks so bringing young people together to advise each other to talk about you know challenges that they're experiencing like being an entrepreneur for example with each other and then yeah solving challenges being more successful and that's a win for the young people it's also a win for the company that is investing in these young entrepreneurs um and yeah also like shiny mentioned youth advisory committees so where companies said actually you know we need to make sure that youth have a voice so we are going to invest in introducing that youth advisory committee com uh, committee or some companies run surveys to understand like what are benefits that really like drive young people that will really make sure that we can retain them um, yeah, in, in our company. And these can be small things. Sometimes they're just small things like lunch at work, for example. It comes up a lot. Or a transport allowance to make sure that at least I can get to work. So sometimes, or like a health insurance for my family. So it's about... Um, Again, like reaching out to young people, whether it's through, you know, in, like whether it's like a person to person or through surveys or, um, you know, different ways, but getting those insights and then thinking as a company, okay, are we, are we like, what is realistic? What can we offer and still remain profitable and grow in the, like, you know, in line with our strategy, but also like to make sure that what we offer is relevant to young people. Um, and again, sometimes within, Companies, we make assumptions and we think, oh, we assume that it's the same as, you know, different generations want it. But yeah, the thing is, go out and, and directly, um, directly engage. And I think, as I said in the beginning, ultimately, it's, it's not really a choice, right? Like this group is there and it's yeah. growing. So you want, like Shiny also mentioned, like they're energetic, like, you know, they're innovative, they're tech savvy. Um, and this is what companies, again, you know, tell us what we see in real life. And it's about that being intentional, um, investing in the youth engagement, adapting your business practices, and then really creating, um, yeah, that win-win situation. So, and like Shani said, I'm very passionate about this, and I really believe that, you know, it's possible. And we are seeing that it's possible with different companies who are already um, doing this. And I think one more thing is that... Um, it's about ambition. You know, some companies want, like when we speak to companies in our portfolio, some of them want to be known as the most youth-centered company. Maybe their entire workforce is youth. And they really want, you know, to drive that as a competitive, like, advantage. Like, that is their thing. But in others, it's like a smaller group in their um, 
like entire business operations. So they take smaller steps, and that is fine. It's about it's a journey. It's a journey for young people in companies, and it's also a journey for companies. But start start somewhere. Go out and meet your entrepreneurs. Go and you know set up a, a, a session with like the young people in your company, and 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 from there, like yeah, have the dialogue, and from there, yeah. Um, yeah, take your next steps. You don't have to be, yeah. yeah. To, to I don't link, know how you look at that. To link yeah. to that, um, I suppose it's when we're talking about this win-win and that, yes, that they, it can be costly, it can take time, um, but actually, yeah, like we're saying, um, to invest in your, uh, meaningfully engage in your young workforce um, and to retain them, have this talented workforce, move forward with your company, um, to then stay with your company long-term is crucial and valuable. Um, and like we said, this youth, de youth decent um, work journey that is from a youth and a business perspective that we've built on, uh, based on research that we've done um, of, of what a decent decent work journey really looks like. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's split into building blocks, very simple, build, very practical building blocks that companies can yeah. uh, pick and select simple things that they can do and those that are more ambitious uh, can, you know, go for the whole youth decent work journey. But it's about just making a, a small start, investing a bit of time um, in... Uh, uh, yeah, in trying to invest in your in your talented young workforce. Okay, I like that. And instead, earlier you mentioned the, the topic accessibility, and I, I really resonate with that because a lot of times you see when companies give young people the opportunity to apply, yeah. they yeah, it's it's truly not an opportunity because you lose out on the transportation costs, you lose out on the opportunity costs exactly. because the, the time you spent in the interviews you could have spent working. Exactly. And a lot of times we see that young people simply cannot afford to interview, exactly. and that's the that's the whole issue of decent work and unemployment because. Companies think that just by giving them an opportunity to come in and interview is more than enough, but it's truly not because the accessibility around that is 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 truly yeah, truly hard and truly difficult. Yeah. But how do you think um, we can approach this, and how can we make sure that companies truly focus on the accessibility? Because um, sometimes they say that it, it's not in their benefit to make sure that their applicants are being paid transportation costs or, or yeah. stuff like that. But how can how do you think we can we can motivate companies to focus on on this? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, and I think, um, you know, again, looking from the youth lens and looking from a company lens. So sometimes like the environment where we operate, there's a lot of young people for only like very limited opportunities. So yeah, as a business, you can think, you know, I have so much choice. So why would I, you know, spend more in like, but I think at the end of the day, it's about like thinking about that competitive advantage. Like as a business, you want to find the right young person. And um, what we also often see with companies is that actually they've had a huge turnover. If you ask them about, you know, what do you what do you like about young people and what, you know, what are the challenges working with young people? They say the challenges are that they are very flexible. They'll move for any opportunity. Like we've had them in, we've trained them, we've invested time and money in them, and then they've moved again. So I think also then as a, as a company, it's also about asking yourself, so what has been, you know, what can we improve to make sure that we bring in the right young people? So actually it may be that realization of like kind of analyzing what has happened. Like, okay, we've had a huge dropout in this group. Is it only their fault? Is it only youth's fault? Or is there also something that we can kind of do on our side? So I think it's about analyzing um, what has happened. And and also that rec recognition of, of like, yeah, if I want to fight the... Um, 
the right young person, I have to invest yes. in getting that young person in. And again, it's, it's like in small things. Um, and other things that we also sometimes advise companies is like to do phone interviews, for example. Very simple thing, but have a phone interview first. You call them, that's, you know, um, it's at least like, you know, yeah, taking away a lot of the, the, the cost on both sides. It's much shorter. It doesn't involve... Um, as many cost, but I mean it's different for every company. Just like youth are not like a uh, you know like a homogeneous group. It's the same for companies. So it's it's of course different for for all of them. But I think ultimately, you know, as a company, you thrive if you have the right people in, and if you can then not only get them in, but then like bring the best out of them. Um, but yeah, back to your question about accessibility. I think it's about that the realization like we need to find the right young person and. Yeah, you know, figuring out where they are and what do we have to do to to bring them in. But I don't know what you think, Shiny. Well, I think also it's it's for companies it's um, really valuable in um, that those first impressions uh, you create for not just your your potential young yeah. employees but also other employees. So to show that you are yeah um, using youth friendly language or gender yeah. inclusive language in your marketing of your um, of your job opportunities to say you know uh, we encourage young people with disabilities or young mothers because you know we we will provide uh, additional support uh, for young mothers to have um, support with childcare you know putting these things in adverts for example making these small yeah. changes um, even just yeah, down to the language you use or the, the pictures you use in your in your adverts or advertising on uh, on youth friendly platforms, uh, social media pages you know young people use. Uh, it will give this impression to young people that you're a company that are going to invest in them. So that young person's going to invest in you and will remove this challenge that many of our companies have of retaining their uh, young employees. So um, this high uh, turnover of young employees come, is always often equated to, okay, well, a young person is just interested in a slightly higher salary. But that is because they have not been meaningfully engaged within that company yeah. um, so if you start investing right at the very start uh, they will say great this is a company I want to work for long term and we have some great examples of companies that have done that and they have almost you know 100% retainment of employees which means 100% um, retainment of the knowledge and the investment they've they've done in training these young employees and getting them to understand their business. And maybe one more thing to add around accessibility for young women specifically. Like we know again it's not it's so different in the in the countries where we where we work with companies but very often like young women have additional challenges in terms of like accessibility. Uh, often due to cultural reasons. Uh, what companies often tell us is um, you know, like maybe young women are not allowed by their families or, um, you know, to, to go and access an opportunity. But we've had, we've seen very successful, like in our own portfolio, we've seen companies being really successful in like overcoming that by working like with um, um, like organizations, working in the communities, for example, organizations engaging families, engaging um, males in the households. Um, and yeah, through kind of building that exposure on what is actually happening in that workplace and how is it a um, yeah a good opportunity to a young um, a young woman also specifically, um, yeah we have seen that you know also young women have have yeah gained more access to uh, to employment and one of our companies for example they work um, they had really challenges and they really had to again like directly engage with young women that they, they were working with and understand what was the challenge so they then worked with local religious leaders to really work in the communities and say you know how can we yeah make sure that young women have access 
um, to employment as well. So even there, like, you know, sometimes we have to go the extra mile as a company to understand. And it is in our, it's in our, sh like, it's a win-win in the end because you, yes, you invest in getting the young women in, but then they are committed and they will really, yeah, ensure that they bring the best out uh, f for the company and, and for themselves. Okay, so to implement programs for youth, we not only have to work with them, but we also have to enable them to lead these initiatives. And um, you mentioned going the extra mile, win-win situations, and all these, all these terms that are really important for youth engagement. Thank you so much, um, Shiny and Lisette, for coming here and shedding a light on why meaningful youth engagement is so important and why it's central in shaping a sustainable, youth-centered labor market, one that is anchored in youth aspirations and provides young people with decent opportunities for economic participation. And what decent means? You'll learn that in the next episode. This was Future Economies Talk with Youth by CFYE, and see you next time.